0: Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. Really glad to have you all tuning in this morning. I'm Gary Demas, president of Dave Fox Design Build Remodelers right here in Columbus. And, uh, again, I just appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. I know we have a lot of faithful listeners, and we hear comments and feedback from you, and really appreciate that. And uh, uh, we just really enjoy putting this show on and helping to inform the Columbus area about our company Dave Fox and also just remodeling in general and we cover a lot of topics that have to do with your home and uh, today I have a special guest Greg Rice with me. Greg thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah so Greg is our production manager he's over all of our production department and Greg you've been in the industry quite a while. Since a teenager. Since a teenager. Well you're only 21 now. Thank you Gary. Uh, Okay. If you ever want to get hold of us you can just email to info at DaveFox.com and we'd love to hear from you. So Greg, today uh, our topic, you know we've covered a number of topics now on the home. Yes, we right. Have. Started yeah. with foundation, uh, flooring, floor system, walls, windows, doors.
1: Pretty much covered it all but the finishes.
0: Yeah. So now we're going to get into plumbing. And plumbing, uh, it's a pretty vast subject, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the plumbing world. Uh, Not only just in the rough plumbing, you know, all the, if we're adding a bath or moving the sink in a kitchen or whatever, we've got that rough plumbing, the drains and the water lines that are kind of behind the scenes. And then, of course, the finished plumbing would be the beautiful faucet or sink uh, that you're looking at or any of the fixtures in your bathroom. And those are the the fixtures that we use, and there's quite a range in, really, quality ranges, finishes, and installation methods in there.
1: Yes, there is, yeah. Even just in water lines alone, before you get to the finishes, there's many choices. Same way with drain lines.
0: Yep. So there's just not a one-size-fits-all, huh?
1: Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. So, Greg, when we talk about plumbing and just f- kind of from the basic point of view, what's included in the home plumbing system?
1: Um, it usually starts with a service line, a water line, whether that comes from a private well or from the municipality that you live in. Um, each has their own. Most of those water lines are, you know, sized to serve just a single home single residential. And then there's also the exit water, uh, gray water, if you want to call it that, that exits into the sewer system um, that is also provided by that same municipality. So you pay for those two services. Uh, If you don't, uh, good for you, but they'll catch you sooner or later uh, with a bill. So that's, uh, that's basically how it starts in. And then from there, it branches in different directions inside the home
0: yeah so it's nice to have a kind of an overview point of view of the plumbing but uh, our homeowners are some of them kind of aware of that some of them not you know but they're really just kind of using their fixtures their faucets and their sinks and uh, they just expect it all to work right
1: yeah yeah Yeah, they do so um, all of your water lines coming in are a pressurized system sometimes they're Mm -hmm. gravity-fed from a high tank sometimes they're pumped so those have to work. If a line breaks, then you're out of water. They give you a boil alert. Um, so there's many things that can happen even just with getting the water to the to the house. And once it gets there, then it gets even more complex. If you add in heated floors that are water yeah. radiant, if you add in uh, instant hot water tanks or gas tanks, electric hot water tanks, there's mm-hmm. numerous numerous things from there.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned water pressure. And I know a lot of People in their homes, uh, maybe they have great water pressure at their shower. Maybe they don't have very much, and they're just troubled by it. So I know the water pressure can be a number of things. But if a client had, let's say, a shower, or even a, maybe the bathroom lavatory faucet, uh, and they just don't have the kind of water pressure they want, what are some of the troubleshooting things they could look at? Well, in a shower head, the first
1: thing would be: ha- has it ever been cleaned? Most people don't think you ever have to clean a showerhead, but if you undo it from the pipe that comes out of the wall, you'll see that there's a filter right before that water gets into the showerhead. And a lot of times those need taken out and rinsed out to where the little tiny filter holes are plugged with debris from the the lines, from the city, et cetera, from calcium buildup and deposit buildups over the years in there. And your faucets are the same way. First place I would start would be with the aerator at the end of the faucet. Most of them unscrew very easily. And the same thing, you'll see a filter in there that uh, you'll probably need to clean if, mm-hmm. if it's, if you ever had a faucet that had a um, spray of water going sideways, that's probably what it is. You're dirty. The, that actual filter in there has yeah. got debris stuck in it.
0: Yeah. And I know some of the new faucets have water restrictors in them. Yes. So what's the story on that?
1: Well, that's due to our government. Um, There's only so many gallons per minute you're allowed to have now when you flush a toilet, when you take a shower. So there's actually, you'll see with that filter, probably a little washer that has a small hole in it. Um, that diameter is regulated by how many gallons per minute you're allowed to have mm-hmm. to come out of that shower head to conserve mm-hmm. water. So all those are, are government regulated now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then let's say somebody's cleaned their filters uh, and they're still not happy with their water pressure. Is there anything like in the plumbing itself or in the water lines feeding this uh, particular fixture that could be problematic?
1: Well, there can be. Nowadays, um, a lot of systems, they require what they call black backflow preventer that uh-huh. also allows the lines to be blown or cleaned out um, correctly without interfering with the service mm-hmm. to the house. Uh, that's one way to do it. The other is uh, you might have a shutoff that has debris stuck in it under the sink, uh, uh, and you might have to... Uh, what I would say is you turn the water off, you drain that water, but open it up and sometimes just a little tiny um, toothpick to make sure there's nothing in it. When it's open, there's nothing clogging that, that opening.
0: Yeah, when you mentioned those shutoffs, they're, um, they don't seem to last a real long time, do they? I mean, they <laughs> get corroded or they start leaking. And if you're changing a faucet that's been on there for 15 years and it's got the little teeny shutoff on there, Chances are that thing's not going to survive another 15 years, is it?
1: No. Matter of fact, with most of our remodels, we put new shutoffs on just for that fact that usually we will get a warranty or service call down the road once that line's been tampered or moved or changed Mm -hmm. to where that thing just doesn't operate correctly because you usually knock the corrosion off or the valve is sticking or something comes up after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So it's best to change those.
0: Yeah, so that's something that you may want to keep in mind when you're going to do a little plumbing around the house. Uh, The shutoffs, uh, actually even some of the bigger valves that are old, I know I've found from experience that you turn it off, you think you're just fine, maybe it's leaking a little bit, you fuss around with a little bit, and then something breaks. (laughs) It just (laughs) gets from bad to worse really quick. Yes, it does. So, yeah, older plumbing, man, when you're messing with that, you better... Either know what you're doing or have your wetsuit on and be ready for whatever may happen. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, not that that's ever happened to you. No, I've
1: never been wet before (laughs) trying to work on plumbing. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, again, we appreciate everyone tuning in today. I'm speaking with Greg Rice. He's our production manager and Greg, you've been on the show several times and we've talked through a lot of the home issues (coughs) and uh, so just want everybody to know that they can always e- uh, reach us by email at info at uh, Greg, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, I'm going to have Jamie visit us because she's got some uh, plumbing issues at her house. So we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas from Dave Fox Design Build Remodelers here in Columbus. and glad to have you all tuning in. Today, and today I'm speaking with Greg Rice, and then we just asked Jamie to step in here and help us out a little bit. Jamie, thanks for joining us.
2: No problem. Good morning, Uh, everyone.
0: Yeah. So uh, so right during the break when Jamie came in, Greg's saying, okay, Jamie, you know, what are you going to ask me about here? You know, he wants to get prepped, and I said, no, Greg, no, no, we're not doing that. I'm on the hot seat. That's right. We're going to try to stump Greg here. with. So I hope you have some really tough questions, Jamie. Well, I
2: don't know if they're that tough for oh. him. I don't know the answer, oh. though. <laughs> oh, okay. All
0: right. Well, <clears throat> we'll get started with that in just a minute. Um, Jamie, is there anything coming up uh, that any of our listeners should be aware of?
2: Well, um, summer we don't have that many trade shows and things going mm-hmm. on, but we do have a Nary Home Tour coming up in uh, early September. Yeah, so you will have that to look forward to.
0: Yep, that will be fun, and we'll probably have one or two projects on that tour. We're just going to do one, one on this tour, okay.
2: and um, yeah, I'm hoping to have an exciting announcement for that one. Oh, soon. that sounds good. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay, so Greg, uh, we you know we started off this this discussion about plumbing, and we talked about just general overall plumbing in a home and how people have water lines and drain lines, right? Yes. And they got these fixtures that hook up to those things. So does that answer your questions, Jamie? Yeah, you
1: make it sound so simple. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> it all rolls downhill. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we've got to keep that in mind. Just like gutters on a house. That's right. Yep. So, Jamie, what's some of the issues you're dealing with in your home?
2: Well, one thing that came to mind when you brought up plumbing was, you know, we have in our basement, it's currently unfinished, and we have a rough-in down there, but and we've, you know, toyed around with the idea of finishing the basement. And every layout we come up with, the rough-in is just not where we would want the bathroom to be. Of course, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, it also seems really close together. Like all the the sink, toilet, shower rough-ins all seem very close together. And we kind of wanted to make it a little bit more of a bigger bathroom. So I guess my question is, expense-wise. Um, using the rough-in versus just ignoring it and putting it on the other side of the basement, moving it a little bit, or moving it like 10 feet?
1: Um, If you don't use it where it's actually placed, you're going to end up cutting concrete. Mm -hmm. All that plumbing goes in before the basement floor is poured. So where those locations are, where they actually run to, are something for a plumber to come out, and they will actually put a tool in there that will trace your drain lines that has a tracer on. They tell you exactly where they are. That might help you if you're deciding on where to place it away from that source. Mm-hmm. If you're within 10 feet, I would say you're going to end up cutting a, a square out, um, probably a 10 foot by 10 foot square, oh my. and you're going to relocate <laughs> your drains.
2: Yeah. So what if it's only, you know, 10 inches? Does that expense add a lot to the the bathroom. De-
1: depending on what it is, if it's the drain line for the vanity, it could probably go up inside a wall placement to where you could get that drain line over to through the wall cavity, to the vanity okay. or to the sink. Uh, for the shower, it's pretty much set. There's uh, sometimes they'll box out the concrete and leave you a eight inch by 10 inch hole that you can dig out and kind of move it a little bit here and there to place the shower, but they're pretty much a, a given. If it's poured up through the concrete, you're gonna end up cutting a 12 foot or 12 inch by 12 inch hole in that concrete, breaking it out, moving it over. So what you're inches. telling me
2: is the rough is super effective.
1: <laughs> um, they work fine for their placement, but if you want a different design and a layout, what they do is they set all those up to minimum standards when the builder is pouring that stuff. So okay. it leaves you the minimum 15 inches from the center of the toilet to a wall each direction and it's probably another 15 20 inches to the drain line for the for the vanity and then the showers probably adjacent to
0: that
2: okay do you have a finished basement gary
0: um partially partially yep but that's i want to put a bathroom down there too and I know there's a lot of our clients Greg uh, you know that have put bathrooms in basements yes. and, and have questions about that because it's a yeah. great question because a lot of basements are like Jamie's they're kind of prepped with some water lines in the floor and sometimes they work sometimes they don't right that's you correct. may want a bathroom you know 20 feet from where those preps are at and we've done those haven't we
1: we have and and sometimes you get uh, I would call it lucky to where the drain line runs that direction yeah. so cutting the concrete's very small you just cut and abandon what's there Mm -hmm. and you pick it up on the other side that's why it's good to try to have someone come out and figure out where those sewer lines and those drain lines run before that now for water lines hot and cold they usually come from above in the floor joists so wherever you're at getting hot and cold water to that area is usually fairly inexpensive it's pretty easy to get it there so
0: does cutting concrete not sound fun to you jamie
2: it just sounds expensive I guess yeah. it sounds like it adds a lot to the cost does it or
1: it, it can yes yeah. depending on how much you're cutting the location um, is it a walkout basement it's easier to get the concrete out of course mm, if yeah. it's a basement with a normal set of stairs and you have to haul it all the way to the front of the house mm-hmm. yeah because that's all manual labor yeah. so that adds up and it takes a lot of time to do that
0: yeah but you know like I said we do it fairly regularly. We, we actually
1: and do. Yeah.
0: So we have a concrete cutting company come in and cut mm-hmm. the concrete, because that's tough unless you have the right equipment. And they have really good dust collection stuff because if you didn't have that, it'd make a horrendous oh, mess. Oh, it would, yeah. So it's not easy you know, to do it, but with the right equipment, uh, it can be done pretty efficiently. Yes, uh, And really, the cost, I think, to cut the trenches isn't exorbitant. No, it's not. Yeah.
1: It, it's the detailed work afterwards, yeah. running the plumbing, getting it over to there, how far do you have to run it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to relocate it 20 feet. There's a code in there that says you have to have X amount of fall per feet. So... You have to measure the height of the pipe, you have to figure out if I go twenty feet, do I have yeah. enough fault? There's all kinds of things. That's where it really comes into. It's not something I don't think I would try as a your average homeowner. I would definitely get somebody involved in helping you with it. Yeah.
0: So just to give our homeowner some idea of what it would cost and we're just going to throw some numbers away out in the sky here and hope they're close, right? <laughs> Give me enough money, Gary. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe a homeowner is thinking, oh my gosh, that's going to add $10,000 to my bathroom cost. Or they might think uh, it'll add $500. Well, it's not going to be that cheap or that expensive, right?
1: Right. Somewhere in between. Yeah, Usually around two grand, you can relocate to your own labor, the plumbing. Yeah, for, for bathroom. Yeah. and down that's in not the terrible. No, I mean, it's, it's not. If
0: you get your bathroom where you want it in your basement, right? That's worth two thousand. Or as you
1: say, yeah. Jamie, as big as you want it. You want a bigger yeah. shower? Yep. You want a bigger? It's worth that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, and especially because from when we built the home, there didn't used to be the code that you have to have the um, the window well.
1: Oh, egress. The
2: egress window. Yes. And now you have to add that if you're going to have yes. a bedroom. Um, and where it's at is the front of the house, <laughs> which we would want it attached to a bedroom. So that was another thought. And it is like, okay, well, we can't put the bedroom near where the bathroom rough-in is. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to figure out how we would want to do that. So you're right, though. Two thousand mm-hmm. dollars is worth just making yeah. it function well. That's, opposed to just getting it done and that
1: same company that comes to cut the concrete for the plumbing yeah actually cuts walls for us when we do egress windows and they will cut the wall to the size the opening and the window yep.
2: oh that's nice yeah yeah
1: which makes it a little easier nowadays they have these pre-formed pre-made wells mm-hmm. egress wells that are to code that you just yeah. set them on gravel and, come, and you're done so
0: remember the good old days greg when we would cut that stuff ourselves and have with a dust mask on and... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can re- looking like Santa Claus. I know.
1: I can remember building walls <laughs> and putting plastic around it because we didn't have wet cutting material yeah. or, or the vacuums, the HEPA vacs we do nowadays. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the good old days, uh, as they call the them. Days.
0: <laughs> now we just call our good old Ohio concrete, and they come yeah. in there and cut it, and that's the right. collection and all the equipment, and yeah, pay them a few bucks, and life is good. Yeah, everything's
1: <laughs> become specialized nowadays. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. <clears throat> okay, so um, that's interesting little segue, Jamie, into our next topic, which is going to be, you know, a lot of people want to convert a tub to a shower. So that's happening a lot. Showers are very important nowadays in bathrooms, and tubs are not as important, though they are still important in, in a lot of ways. So we're going to take a quick break. After the break, uh, Greg, I want to get into the tub-to-shower conversion, and Jamie, hopefully you can hang out for the second segment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Day Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. and really glad to have you all tuning in this morning, and this morning we are talking plumbing, and I've got two guests with me, Greg Rice. Greg, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Jamie Broslovsky. Jamie is our marketing director. Good morning. So she's here just to make sure I'm doing my job right. That's right. Yep. She's pretending, <laughs> Taking notes. She's pretending like she's asking questions about plumbing, but she's really just kind of critiquing me, right, Jamie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. You're in trouble, Gary. I know. <laughs> we're always in trouble.
0: <laughs> okay. So, um, Jamie, you mentioned during the break you had a question to come up.
2: Yeah, I did. Well, you mentioned that it's pretty easy to add the hot and cold water lines and it made me think I've always struggled with this outside our hose bib. I didn't know if it would be easy, difficult to add hot water to that. You know, we have little kids, so we use our hose more often than not to fill pools (laughs) or (laughs) water tables or for things that hoses aren't meant for, but that's typically what we're doing and it's very, very cold water and I've always thought, gosh, I wish I had a hot water line to the hose bib. Yeah. Is that something you can add later?
1: Well, you can actually, Jamie, add a separate spigot outside or frost cock they call them, that is only hot water, and then put a mixing hose on it to mix the two at the same time. Or just open or close them as you need be with the hot and the cold water. Um, I actually have that set up in my garage to wash my cars with. Okay. So, yeah, because the freezing cold... You know, it's it's, if it's cold out or mean temperature, 45, I could wash the car in warm water if I want to. Yeah. So you have
0: so, yeah. there's like a, a hose mixer attachment you can put on there?
1: Yeah, actually, at any of your big box stores, they make one that uh, converts it over. Uh, that just has little valves on it that switches I see. it. So you run the two hoses together into a Y. Uh-huh. It's, it's a brass Y. Yeah. And then that hose then can hook up to your regular garden hose. Uh, So you could turn one off or turn one on full, whichever way you want to do it. You can pick and choose yourself. So you just have two outside spigots sitting right next to each other. One would be hot, one would be cold.
2: So how difficult is it to add that second spigot?
1: Uh, If you don't have a finished basement, it's it's a very simple thing. Probably two, three hours, somebody could have it done for you, a plumber.
0: But if it's finished basement, that's a different story. That's a
1: different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. then you have to find where the hot water line is, how to get through the floor joists without mm-hmm. damaging the drywall mm-hmm. and all that. So Okay.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I always like had that thought, but never thought it was something I could do. Yeah. But then when you mentioned how easy it is to add the hot and cold water line, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this would make yeah. better than right I'm, now. I fill a bucket of hot water out from the I'll kitchen and carry it outside to dump it in the pool. To really? mix it. Oh. It's very manual.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sounds like it. Yeah. It's, I think
1: it'd be a little easier to turn that spigot on than it would to carry yeah, that a little bucket. Bit.
0: <laughs> so I feel kind of stupid here because I have the hot and cold in my garage, just like you're mentioning, Greg. And I've always just washed my car in cold water. <laughs> I didn't mix oh them. Oh my gosh, I should just go <laughs> <and> mix <these.
1: laughs> Well, now our listeners know something now new. Yeah,
0: we all learned something. I'm running Home Depot right after this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling a you go. plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's calling a plumber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. Greg, what are you doing Saturday?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking out concrete. You want to come help? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Greg, uh, before the break, we mentioned we'd be talking about converting a tub to a shower. And, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, we put these beautiful, glorified, giant uh, Whirlpool tubs. Yep. And made them kind of a monument in our home, right? Yeah. The steps leading up to it and the whole shmeal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we had a little space for maybe a three by three shower after that great big giant tub went in there. Right.
1: Yep. That's true. Yep.
0: So now everybody's ripping those tubs out and a lot of people still put a freestanding tub in, um, you know, that takes up much less space. Yeah. So it if they don't, the don't sh- want to some totally get rid of the bathtub altogether, others yeah. will put a small soaking tub or something in. But that leaves them with a lot of space then to put a nice size shower.
1: Yeah, we do a lot of those big tub tear outs along with the small three by three tear out and we end up making a larger shower and a freestanding tub or no tub and a very large shower. So that's pretty common for us to do in bathrooms now, the way they're designed. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Is the plumbing for a big whirlpool tub with a surround much different than a freestanding tub? Or are they pretty interchangeable?
1: The, The supplies, they'll use the same ones Um, but you could have your mixing valve, your spigot, it could be a freestanding coming up out of the floor, very elegant or something that's in the wall, Mm -hmm. uh, has like a waterfall look to it or wide feature to it. Um, or you could have it mounted on the tub itself. It just kind of, there's very different styles and finishes nowadays that you can do with those.
0: Mm -hmm. So a shower is going to have a two inch drain, right? Yes. And even if we go back 30 years.
1: Um, Most of the time,
0: yes. Okay.
1: If they're inch and a half, we're not required to change it. We're just required to make it a two-inch trap. I see. But if we can get to it and we're tearing up the floor, we're going to always do the right thing and go back to the two-inch as far as we can take it.
0: Yeah. So the shower typically in a bathtub, I think, only needs an inch and a half. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the bathtub actually, even if it's a big whirlpool, it it may have an inch and a half drain, and you might have a little shower that's got a two-inch drain there. Yeah. Yeah, so no, if you go with calm. a bigger shower, then you're all set with the yep. two-inch drain. Yep. Unless you go really big, and then you got to put two drains in. Yeah, huh?
1: you do. It's all on water volume and how many heads and how much you have coming out of the wall. When we get into these elaborate forced body sprays and three shower heads mm-hmm. and all this handheld stuff and mm-hmm. we have to calculate the gallons per minute and we have a great guy on staff Dave Crumple, that does a great job with that he's yeah. our in-house plumber and he yeah. knows exactly the code inside and out and yeah. what's required
0: yeah so in the scenario where many of our clients will be taking out like I said that large Whirlpool tub and it gives them space to put a larger custom shower in and a lot of those showers are probably what, four by six or somewhere in that range? Yeah, that's probably
1: average, yeah. yeah, four by six.
0: Yeah, some bigger, some smaller, but it always bigger than it used to be. Always. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes if you have enough space, you can put a shower with no door on it, which is nice, because then you don't have to clean about around all the aluminum or...
1: The nook, nooks and grannies. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I said aluminum, uh, but really we're, we're using the frameless shower doors now. Yes. Which. Cuts uh, cleaning down quite a bit too.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So, anything else uh, the client should be aware of when converting a uh, tub to a shower area?
1: I, there's many different, obviously, types of, you can buy pre pans. They're made of different materials from fiberglass to even concrete now. hmm You can pour concrete. Um, or you can do a tile base. Uh, we've switched uh, a while back to a great system that allows us to do even a barrier-free where you can walk right in off of your floor tile yeah. that you have. Um, it's uh, it's a great system. It's Schluter. It, it, we, all of our people are certified in it, so it gives you a lot of different design options, mm-hmm. sleek line looks.
0: Yeah, and I've seen some jobs, Greg, where we've uh, created kind of a wet space and maybe there's not a lot of room to have a shower and a door and a toilet but you want a more open shower and you don't want to have to fight a door or whatever. Yeah. So I can think of one recently we did where it was just kind of tight uh, but they, we just made it all a wet space so the whole floor drained towards the shower. That's correct. Yeah. And that way they didn't have to have a door on there. A little water could splash out. No big deal. It just drains towards the shower. Yep. Yep, and yep, that works pretty good yep. but that takes a lot of planning in the floor the levels
1: it, it does you have to make sure that you're doing your prep work below the tile surface and making sure that you have the floor correct mm-hmm. and ready to go
0: yeah
2: so what do people tend to do with those big windows that are often above a tub
1: mm. well if it's fiberglass and, it, and it's a fixed unit it can stay there's no code against that as long as it's frosted um a frosted tempered i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i hope it's frosted (laughs) (laughs) that was just more on the wish list (laughs) yeah yeah but uh and there's also a coating and a film that can be added to make them tempered so they can actually stay okay um it it just kind of depends on the municipality Mm -hmm. in that case but yeah it's uh if it's a wood window, I would not suggest leaving it. Obviously, it's not going to weather in the shower sure. at all.
0: Or sometimes we'll pull a larger window out and put a maybe more of a transom-type window in, too. Yes, in we've done situations. Yes. But then you got to think about what's on your exterior, if it's stucco or siding or brick, because or, you, know, you have to deal with that, too. Yeah, it, it runs, runs in, in all kinds again. of
1: things on And then on would the you exterior. have to go
2: through zoning as well?
0: could
1: or a homeowner's association whenever you change the outside aesthetic looks of the house you have to be aware of is is there a homeowner association is there sure. an architectural review is there many different things nowadays
0: mm-hmm. so there's a lot to think about in plumbing yes there and is as we just talked about converting a tubs into a shower larger shower um, it's definitely doable we do it all the time and sometimes people will keep a smaller tub, or sometimes they'll get rid of the tub altogether, just put a nice big shower in. So, again, I'm speaking with Greg and Jamie from Dave Fox Design, Build, and Remodeling here in Columbus. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and really glad to have everybody tuning in this morning. And today we're talking plumbing, and I'm talking with Greg and Jamie from our office here. Greg, you're overall the production department, so you know a little bit about plumbing, right?
1: A little bit yep. to be and dangerous. Jamie, you've
0: got plumbing in your house, right? So you know some about plumbing?
2: I do. I use it. You use it. Okay. I do use so it daily.
0: Greg is the installer. <laughs> Jamie's the user. So yes. we got all the bases covered here this morning.
2: I use it and abuse it. <laughs> I use it
0: and abuse it. That's why we're in business today, Jamie. That's right. So. Okay. So we've talked about, oh gosh, changing a tub to a shower. And we've talked about uh, rough ends in the basement floor and how how to move those. So if you wanna know how to move those, go and didn't hear our first segment, you can go to DaveFoxRadio.com and there you can hear about how to move your plumbing. That's right. But this is not gonna be like a YouTube step-by-step tutorial for you to do it yourself. It's more just general ideas, right? Correct. Okay. So if you wanna know more about that, just go to DaveFoxRadio.com if you missed our first segment, right? Okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, moving plumbing, which was kind of uh, kind of related to our first segment, too, when we were talking about rough-ins rough, in, rough ins that were already installed in a new home in the basement floor when you had to move those. So we covered that area, but there's a lot of situations where we get into moving plumbing, right, Greg?
1: Yeah, there is a, a lot where we're moving it through floor joists at times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and some of the toughest things to move are obviously going to be a toilet because you've got a three- or four-inch drain to deal with there. Yeah,
1: that's correct.
0: Yeah, so you don't just route that through any close by wall or floor system, do you?
1: No, there's a code to those too. Everything we do involves codes. So floor joists, you can only drill a third hole the size of the Mm -hmm. height of the joist. So it's a two by ten. You're only allowed a three inch hole because they're really nine and a quarter. So a three inch pipe won't go through that three inch hole. So we have to do framing that will allow us to drill that three and a half inch hole yeah. to get it through. Uh, there's also things we call trust joists or i Joice And um, there's all different types of issues and things we run into in the field when we're trying to move something. So yeah. it's a case by case basis. There's no blanket statement that covers all of it.
0: And that's what makes remodeling fun. It's <laughs> always a new challenge. There's something <laughs> new all the time. So if you like a job where you don't get bored, this is it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And as you were talking, Greg, and talking about the size of holes you can put in joists and all, you know, we we obviously get into situations like older homes especially. Maybe there's old 2 by 8 oak yeah. joists or something. And we've got to somehow run a 3-inch pipe through there to make this plan work. So even though you can't just drill the hole size you need in that joist, what we can do is get some engineering done and have an engineer come up with a system that will support the load the weight plus allow us to get that plumbing pipe through that's correct so there's always special situations that we run into and you know it's kind of like this there's almost nothing we can't do but there's some things that aren't feasible to do right that's correct yeah
1: cost efficient
0: yeah yep so that's something to take into consideration a lot of times we it moving a, a toilet maybe six feet in a bathroom is going to make a huge difference in the layout, and just maybe it's worth you know fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand dollars to get the engineering and do all the stuff we have to do to get it over there if it improves the floor plan that much. Because really, you're going to be living with it if you're in your house for a long time. You could be living with that fifteen or twenty years. So over time, it's worth it.
1: Yes, so mm-hmm. that would be my caution to any homeowner thinking about remodeling. Like you said, Gary, it's not as simple as just drilling the holes and running the pipe. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to make sure that you meet the codes and that you're not structurally affecting your home at the same time.
0: Sure. Yeah, so that's really our job is to make sure that, that, is a, that it's done well. And then the city has their codes, but the, an engineer will override the codes because it's been engineered to do whatever you're thinking about doing that's non-standard. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So just for our homeowners to know that there's always a way. There's, always. It's not always a feasible way or a cost-efficient way, but a lot of times it is.
2: So I have a question. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of calls, people that are looking to remodel their bathrooms because of a leak. Do you feel like there's something that's most commonly leaking, or how do they typically find out that it's leaking behind a wall? or um, Is there a... Common one, or is it always different?
1: It's usually every, it's different for everyone. We see a lot of the way tile is installed in a shower, mm-hmm. where it, it is over the years has expanded, contracted, moved, the walls have moved, creating cracks. It's the membrane or the system behind it that always fails. In most cases, it was just drywall. Mm-hmm. Drywall becomes a sponge, so tile falls off the wall. So we see a lot of, of leaks in showers and older because of the way that application was put on and the tile was put on. Around toilets, it's usually um, the seal at the bottom between Mm -hmm. the old plumbing, the toilet, and there's a wax ring that goes in there and a seal. We see uh, leaks there. And uh, like we talked in the earlier segments, your faucets are a big uh, cause for leaks. Sometimes you won't notice. It'll leak inside the faucet, run back down and drip inside the... The actual vanity, and the next time you notice it's when you got a big puddle of water either on your floor or inside the vanity, yeah. so those are probably the three common ones we see.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And leaks can be a nightmare, especially they always happen in the middle of the night or in the weekend when <laughs> it's inconvenient. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep so if that happens to you homeowners just call greg i'll give you his personal number (laughs) and i'll call you in the morning (laughs) i'll tell you to shut your water off (laughs) yeah but plumbing leaks can be so annoying because they have to be dealt with you just can't sit there and let something leak yeah
2: yeah
1: you know gary i think the worst one we saw was in the clintonville area where they had copper pipes run but had them resting against galvanized Oh, and yeah. sheet metal mm-hmm. from the Got heating metal and cooling, corrosion. so the me the metal corrosion was mm-hmm. going on inside the plumbing pipe, uh, to where it created uh, I'll bet you hundreds of pinholes throughout their copper plumbing everywhere. Wow. So this was all we ended up redoing their whole plumbing in their basement, every stitch of it because you cut one piece off and you found more leaks, and another piece you found more leaks. So we ended up mm. doing the whole basement.
0: Wow, that sounds painful and expensive. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, we talked about dripping or drips and leaks. Uh, Slow draining uh, drains is also a common uh, problem with probably most, a lot of houses in Columbus anyways.
1: Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's in the kitchen where you put a protein base or something in the sink or or bacon grease Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm Uh, to where it's built up over time and restricted that flow and has actually clogged it. It can be pretty, pretty solid in those cases. And usually in the bathroom, it's uh, hair. Hair's protein doesn't oh, break yeah. down very well, so mm-hmm. it wraps around things and yep. slows water down.
0: Well, this has been a fun discussion, and Greg and Jamie, I appreciate having you on the show, and it's been very interesting talking about all the plumbing stuff that we can run into, and we probably really just scratched the surface today. There's so much uh, having to do with plumbing, so maybe Greg will do another episode on plumbing sometime here soon. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Next week I'm going to be talking to Mark Mason from APCO, so it'll be an interesting show. So, again, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Reach us uh, by email at info at DaveFox.com. We'd love to hear from you. So until next Sunday morning, we'll see you later.